Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the, the Lazy, Lazy Book, Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Uh, speaking of to-be-read piles, we've actually been reading. What? Um, we've been reading a lot this year. We've been very out of character. Like It's very off-brand the whole year. Yeah, it's making me angry. Yeah. But also I've read lots, so... Um, so we're actually going to do a reading update. Woohoo! Are, are you thrilled? Are you thrilled and excited to be here? I'm, I know we are. So I have read 152% of my reading goal. But you'd set a low reading goal for yourself. Well, I set 60. That's a good Yeah, when goal. you read how many last year? I don't know, like 100 or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no. it's a pages. That's the goal I'm most interested in. Yeah. I'm. 3,500 3, pages behind. That's not that bad. No. And that's including four points. <laughs> Check out last week for yep. context. The context um, is I'm bitching, it's too long. <laughs> it's not that interesting. <laughs> okay, so we should listen to last week's anyway. Yeah. Because we're there amazing. was more than that. There was a whole discussion. There's a whole discussion about Fourth Wing. And it was very structured and intellectual. It was a deep dive with spoilers, y'all. <laughs> uh, so I'm up to 53 books. But remember I was like, I wanted to read a certain number of physical like, book books. Mm. Okay, so I'm up to 35 actual books and the rest is made up in audios. That's good. And how many did you want to do? I wanted to do 50 book books. And you've done 35? Yeah. So 15 by the end of the year, if I stop reading such big fucking books... Yeah, and whilst you don't have a job, you should be reading a book a day. Come the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> I did, to be fair, yesterday I took myself to the park near here that has a lake and because it was sunny and I just mm. sat in the sun reading and I was like, is this what life could be like if I did not work for the capitalist? Yeah. I, don't, I did find one job that was part-time but didn't list the salary as prorated. But it was still like a decent salary, and I was like, "Can you pick up a part-time role, but with like decent money?" I couldn't. I'd, I'd fucking love that. Couldn't even dream of it, if I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, I can't even dream of paying my bills. So. <laughs> Hashtag millennial discussions. <laughs> yeah, so I have. I have been trying to read more. I, Take advantage of the free time. I'm gonna plug my Instagram. Yeah. Do and I'm gonna tell you about this as well. So in October, which it will be by the time this comes out, yes. come over to my Instagram. I am doing a challenge that I gave myself because I hate myself. I am going to listen to 31 audiobooks in October. So that's like, what, a book a day? Yeah. Okay. And come well, over to my Instagram. I'm going to try and do a daily reel. We'll see how it goes. You're not very kind to yourself sometimes. <laughs> I was like, I'm really having a breakdown. I know what will help with stress levels. <laughs> A mandatory target that's going to make me feel really bad if I don't hit it. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> well, I um, I need to listen to about five hours of audio a day. Okay, so you're going to listen to like shortish books then? I've got a mixture. Okay. I mean, I might change my mind on the book, but I have planned out the book. Okay. And five hours of audio for me is two and a half hours. Just listen to it. Two oh speed. you two speed don't you yeah that's why that's more doable for you and right. i definitely do at least two and a half hours of housework a day <laughs> <laughs> see i literally i cannot go above 1.2 they start sounding like cartoon characters to me i have been listening to skullduggery at two and i kind of want to nudge it to 2.25 but my Ooh. um library app goes from two to 2.5 and i yeah. tried it at 2.5 and that was just slightly too chipmunky for me mm. No, I'm my other half listens at three, and that is Chet Monkey for me. But how do you like when it's like a fight scene? How are you processing that? In to be completely honest with you, I glaze over fight scenes okay. all the time anyway. Fair. Like when I'm reading the books, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Some I just find happened. with audio, my comprehension is sometimes a lot less of like the, what's actually happening, but my like what I'm picturing is more vivid. That's how I find mm, it. Yeah. Like, by my actual understanding of what is going on is less. Yeah, I and, mean... Well, I mean, always doing things, so I don't know if that's... This is the thing, like, if I'm, like, 
cooking mm. i will turn it down a bit maybe to like yeah. 175 maybe to 150 if i'm like hoovering yeah it's, it's bumping up because i don't have to pay attention to what no. i'm doing so so like at the gym i listen to audios quite a lot because mm. after a while your music playlist just becomes like it's nothing yeah it's yeah. boring whereas i don't know i like listen to like a romance or someone just at the gym like mm. I don't want to be here. I must, I must grow a bust. Oh, I don't know. Like, romance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. I'm not feeling the gym at the moment. I'm usually a bit of a gym bunny. But I don't, I'm not, I'm just like... And this is the perfect time that you could go, like... Yeah. Yeah, I could go any time I want. But I'm just, I'm finding myself having to, like, drag my... And the whole time I'm there and I'm to, like, conjole myself mm, to do it. It's just unusual for me. Yeah. So, yeah, come to my Instagram, please. Yeah, sorry. Tallies.library. I might... If I remember, also share them on TikTok. I'm getting really bad at cross cross sharing my yeah. stuff, which is annoying because I'm making two things of everything. Oh, I, I'm so lazy. I'll just share the TikTok to my reels because I'm like yeah, they, they, don't much, do. they don't get much. get much hits either way. Like no. reels are dead. And I don't record anything in Instagram because Instagram reels editor is shit. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, but I've just freaked out. Hold okay. on. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about what we've read. Do you want to go? I just suspect you have more, but do you have more? I've got five. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, I'll go first then. Yeah. Why not? Um, because this would be quite an easy one. So I read the Golden Enclave, which is the third book in the Sholomance series. Is how I say it. How do you say it? Scholomance. Scholomance. Not for debate. <laughs> we should ask Naomi Novik. Yeah, it's Naomi, yeah. Naomi Novik, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not brave enough. I'm never brave enough to tag the authors in my Instagram posts. Like, you know, when I put in my story about what I'm reading. The only person I was brave enough was A.K. Mulford. <laughs> not even Derek Landy. Would you tag him? No, I'm such oh. a chicken. <laughs> oh, I, I tag everyone now. <laughs> no, I'm such a chicken. Um, but then I um A.K. Mulford liked my story and then reposted it. And I was like, yay! <laughs> Such a Um. So, <laughs> next topic. Yeah, by Naomi Novik. So this is the third book in the series and like the conclusion to the series. So it's pretty hard for me to talk about this spoiler-free. Uh, in an extremely vague summary. So, shit goes down at the end of book one. Book two is then dealing with the consequences of shit going down in book two. In book one, sorry. And in book two, they essentially start to realise that, like, the school isn't able to do what it was built for. It was meant to protect wizard children, but it's really not able to do that anymore. Mm. And as part of the consequences of what they do in book one, the Sholomance is able to then start addressing its issues. Because the Sholomance is sort of semi-sentient, because the magic is to do with intent. And its intent is to protect as many children as possible. Mm -hmm. And up till now... That has been this sort of process of just like letting them die off if they're weak or stupid because it keeps the rest of them alive. alive. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps the majority of the children alive because yeah. then the strongest get out. But then because of what they do in book one, it affects the number of mouths, which is like mana eating monsters, like magic eating monsters, which is the reason children are in this school to protect them. Um, it affects the numbers of them in the school. Mm. So instead of its whole purpose being towards keeping these mouths away from the children, it the school's now trying to like fix the fundamental underlying issues for the yeah. school. And that it, it's not the way it was built isn't fit for purpose necessarily, which is why things went so wrong and it was overrun with those mouths. Yeah. So the school was trying to make Galadriel L, our main character, fix it. And that's kind I of. I forgot that was her yeah. name, yeah. So, book two is basically Elle, like, arguing with a sentient school, being like, I don't know how to fucking fix this. <laughs> and <clears throat> it ends up being like, there is no way to fix this. We need to start again. Hmm. So, they do things to essentially make that happen. And then, that process, they work out that what they can do in closing off the school is call as many mouths to the school before they do it. To then buy the wizard world a few years free from malattacks to then start a new school or start again. That's a good idea. So then that's what they do at the end of book two, is they do their plan. Except things go kind of wrong and it there's these huge things, these monsters called more mouths, which are like the worst mouths. Mm-hmm. 
and the two scary mormals that sat at the edge of the graduation hall and killed the most people. Right. One has eaten the other because of the lack of mouths in the school for them to feed on. Okay. So patience and fortitude. Patience has eaten fortitude. So patience is now a giant blobby mormal. <laughs> and then has eaten its way through all the mouths that they draw into the school. And there's this, yeah, there's this moment where Orion is like, I'll save you, Elle. And she's like, fucking no. <laughs> and he decides to be a hero. And that's like how our book three starts. I was thinking about him this morning because yeah. I was listening to Skullduggery and Omen. No, mm. Orga gives me... Yeah. Vibes of him. Yeah, like hero vibes. He's been taught to be yeah. hero boy. So Elle is like devastated by what's gone on. She doesn't know how to fix it. She she arrives back home and is just like fucking traumatised. And then she's just home for a few days, doesn't get much chance to recover. So two people from the London Enclave show up and are like, a Mormouth has taken over our Enclave, killed a bunch of people, our wards are down, save us. Because she, they, they know she can kill yeah. mouse. Oh no! Mouse. She's like a so she, hero now. Yes, yeah, so they make her come and save them, and then soon after that, another enclave goes down, another ward's going down, and they call her in, and she gets this book called the Golden Sutras, which is how to build enclaves without using malia, which is the bad magic, because she's got this book from the school. Mm. She's and her plan was to start helping small wizard communities who are outside of enclaves build these golden enclaves. Yeah. Instead, she uses these golden enclaves to rebuild the wards of these existing bad ones built with bad magic and to shore up their wards and change them from bad to good, essentially, mm-hmm. with, like, the will and intent of all the people there. Yeah. It's quite. It was actually quite emotional because, like, the final bit of the spell is, like, shelter us keep us safe anchor us please keep us safe please Mm. that's like it's like i'm not just paraphrasing but it's like it was really like and then basically she's getting called from enclave to enclave because they're being attacked by this mysterious force and through this process of being called to the different enclaves and having to fix them and save them from more mouths l works out something to do with how enclaves are built without spells like the golden sutras so how they're built using Malia. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. And I don't want to spoil it for you. But it's bad, bad. And it's to do with how more mouths are actually created. Okay. So like basically something wizards are doing is creating more mouths. And it's like reprehensible. And by killing more mouths that are anchored to enclaves, it's causing a knock-on effect. Okay. Again, I don't want to, I'm trying not to spoil it. And it's basically Elle realising that, and Elle realising that the prophecy about her is going to come true, but not for the reasons she's been brought up to believe. Not because she's going to go evil dark witch, but because the way more mouse is created is so reprehensible, and she's the only one with the power to fix it. Mm, okay, that sounds exciting. Yeah, so it's like the whole way through, I couldn't see where it was going. I didn't know how it was going to end. I didn't know how they were going to save Orion. Like, you just don't... I literally did not know. And then I read the bit with the big ending. I read it while I was at the bloody public pool, the outdoor oh, public no, yeah, pool, yeah. on one of the days I went there because I've been trying to enjoy the time off while I'm not working, while I'm, like, looking for work. So I was just there. I had sunglasses on and I had, like, tears leaking out from under my sunglasses. And I was just, like... And I was surrounded by, like, people. And I was, like... (laughs) Like, trying to, like... You know, you're just trying to, like, subtly dab them away. And I was, like, trying to read. And then I just finished the book and I was just sat there, like... No one here knows I'm destroyed. I was, like, what now? Yeah. (laughs) I needed to eat as well. I was, like, how am I going to go in? I have to take my sunglasses off to go in the cafe to order food. I've obviously been crying. So I was just there, like, I can't eat now. I'm screwed. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, really, really good. Really good ending. Like, there's so many things from book one that's pulled through. 100% recommend. When I come back to it, I'm going to redo a deadly education. And I think I'm going to try and do them close together. I think book, there's bits in book two that will kill you off a bit because there's lots of scheming and political planning. Mm. But it's all kind of laying the foundation for book three. Okay. So, like, there's a bit in the middle of book two that's a bit work building <sighs> that might you might find a bit tedious. I'm starting to enjoy reading series together mm. again, like, closer together. So yeah. I'll give it a try. Yeah. But yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Go read it. Now, 
<laughs> okay, so I read a um, novella. Mm. I'm going to say it's a novella. Novellas are by word count, not pages, aren't they? But this yeah. is, it's 128 pages, so I'm going to say it's I don't a novella. Know, I always think, I hear people, some people say 200 page books <clears throat> count as novellas, and mm. other people say they're books. I don't know. It, it depends mm. on like the words, doesn't yeah. it? The word count. And then there's novelettes. No, novelettes? Novelettes? Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. And then short stories. Anyway. I'm going to call it a novella. It's 128 mm-hmm. pages. It's called Welcome to Camp Killer by Cynthia Murphy. I thought this would be fun. It's a YA, um, like, it was giving me the vibes of that you're not supposed to die tonight. Like, yeah. I thought, oh, it's a, it's a killer in a summer camp. Um, I think you've done this one. And it literally is a killer in a summer camp. I feel like I'm going to die this. Yeah, it's a summer camp that's been bought out by, like, a horror company and they've got tunnels. No, that was, you're not going to die tonight. Oh, okay. I've a lot of similar okay, ones right, okay. recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so then it's very similar. Carry on. Yeah. Um, this is based in the UK. And, okay. Um, a, um, a guy who runs um, residential summer camps in America decides to set one up in England. Mm. Uh, and he hires some counsellors, camp counsellors, yeah. uh, who have done the they're english who have done the um going to be a counselor in america before so yeah. he knows them from camps over there yeah um and he hires them for his english camp and the first night uh the, the people start getting killed off <laughs> it's a short one it is what it says on the tin really um okay it was i don't know i, I genuinely don't know what i thought of it i don't know okay. if i found it entertaining or not if i'm yeah. honest because it was very by the numbers so yeah. I guess it entertained me, but it didn't really give me anything different. It's just, it was just, it was it, a read. It just, it was, it, it was it entertainment. It wanted. Yeah. It kept me entertained for a night. Right. Yeah, I think that's out now. I read it as a net galley arc, but I think it's out now. So mm. maybe check it out if that sounds good to you. Yeah. I don't have much more to say about it, to be honest. Uh, so I read The Evergreen Air, which is a Five Crowns of Oak Crisp ah. book four. No, you'd read that. Yeah. So this is A.K. Mulford, um, who I were big stands of. Mm. Um, She's a lovely TikTok author who this book, this series got picked up from indie to trad published. Um, There's five kingdoms. We've followed each kingdom and the characters that we know from each book. They're, you know, they could be standalones, but they kind of work in tandem. This, This book follows Nilo, the heir to the southern court. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nilo is non-binary and autistic coded as well. We love AK Malford. Yeah. And the love interest is ADHD Golden Retriever with dyslexia. Okay, I think I'll like this one. Yeah. yeah. Oh my I mean, God. I can't imagine not liking a, a Malford book. But... I love this. Like, I number three, Bree's story did not have as much magic for me as the first two did. Mm-hmm. But this one I really, you in the same yeah, way. yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. If, I can't think. I don't think anything was going on in life that could have been the reason. Just it just didn't didn't grab me. This one, I I fucking love this one. So basically, in book three, uh, in, as a joke, the queen promises Nilo's hand to the person who wins a duel. The duel gets out of hand. Talhan, which is one of the Golden Eagle twins, steps mm. in because he's a nice guy. Steps in to break it up. But in doing so, essentially wins the duel, which is was kind of his mum's plan, their oh, mum's plan. Okay, yeah. And the queen is like, "All right, that's your that's your betrothed." And Nilo's like, "No, this is one of my oldest friends. This yeah, is awkward. This is not how it works. It's also Go my on. first crush." Awkward guy. Yeah, and now we're just friends, and we haven't been as close because he was off fighting in wars, and now he's here. And Talhan is stand up guy, so he's like, "Okay." When do we get married then? <laughs> we're betrothed. And Nilo's like, no, we're not. She'll forget. And their mum doesn't forget. And so Nilo's like, okay, come visit me in the summer. You can stay till solstice. But then you're leaving. It's just to shut my mother up. Mm. And at the same time, basically the queen is trying to treat, uh, drink and drug herself into an early grave. Okay. And it's just like, well, Nilo will handle it. So I'm off. And as part of that, there's this, there's this thing they smoke called witch's brew. And it's a particularly nasty strain of witch's brew that's entered into their city. And Nilo thinks it's tied to the ship that's gone down in book three, which is like a whole new, like a coven of witches that were thought dead have come back. 
mm-hmm. and they are stirring shit up and they're tied to the bad kings from book one and two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The baddies from book one and two yeah. have sort of made an alliance with these witches. Okay. And this brew is part of their attempt to take over the summer court. And no one's listening to Nilo. Mm. <laughs> and so Nilo decides to go find proof and in the investigation, shit kicks off. And at the same time, like, so Nilo is like hyper focusing on this, like doing the research. Mm. And Talhan's just like, I'll just sit with you. And Nilo's like, but you're bored. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm happy to. I'll go get. Do you want books? I'll go get books for you. Do you want me to go get books? Uh, Like, 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 I'm (laughs) fine. And then, like, because Talhan is dyslexic, he can't read. So he's like, read it. He's like, read aloud to me. So he's then he's getting Nilo because Nilo loves books. It's one of their hyper focuses. So they're well, they're their special interests. So then he gets Nilo to read books to him. That sounds like... And it's it's just a cute love story. It does not shy away. There are spicy scenes in it that do, do not shy away from Nilo's biological sex and how that implicates sex with a man. Another partner, yeah. Yeah, none of that shied away from, but I feel like it's dealt with very well. Like, I've, I have, to be fair, watched AK Muffin's TikToks. She talks about the research and the thought that went into those, those scenes and why she did choose to mention the biological parts of this non-binary character. But I think it was well done. Obviously, as someone who doesn't live in that space, I'm not the voice of authority on it. Mm. But I felt it was well done and respectful. And also, it was still spicy. Yeah. It didn't... Sh- it's showing these well, real characters in the real life. Because she writes spicy books, it would be disingenuous for her not to not do to it just because do it in this it's book. a non-binary yeah. character yeah yeah when we've got explicit scenes throughout the other books exactly yeah it would have been and that's weird not, and out of character for her that's not her branding at yeah all. i think so she she well she's her pronouns are she they to begin with mm. and i think she spoke to a lot of other non-binary people to say like how would I best represent this? Oh, um, Mulford would definitely have had like mm. sensitivity readers, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like that all was very handled very well, and there were mm. still very spicy good scenes. And it was very much Nilo being like, "I've never really been attracted to anyone, but for some reason, I'm attracted to you." Yeah, you, you kind of do it. For and me, it's like, right? FYI, I grew up in the summer court. I've grown up watching orgies, so here are the things I would like to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and like, and different ways of exploring how to have sex comfortably in their body mm. so there's not to trigger any kind of dysphoria or anything like that oh, but I like conversation without having those modern words to discuss it though mm. so discussed in like a high fantasy pseudo like medieval context yeah um, that's clever and to do and also like Nilo is coded autistic but has to do these big parties and has to do the things that a ruler has to do and basically someone suggests an accommodation to help them get through a party and they're like well i shouldn't need these things Mm. and the the guy one of the guys who uses a cane was like i don't need this cane but i hurt a lot less by using it it makes life a bit easier so that means i can do the things i need to do this is no different so it's it's also talking about like good conversation yeah to do with accommodations and like learning how Mm. to exist in a a neurotypical world as an, as a neurodivergent. I love AK Malford. Anyway, it was just oh, it's just a cute story. Nilo's journey's really good because Nilo's just like you don't want me on the burden and like I you know you don't want the mess of my court. And Talhan's like yeah, do shut the fuck up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like they both had crushes on each other from kids and never talked about it. And it's like oh. okay, I like that. It's a good story. And there's like, I think she found excuses to squeeze more spicy scenes than she did in previous books. Like, hang on a minute, let me just throw a thing in. Oh, one second, they just like nearly drowned in a river and now they're getting out of their wet clothes. Well, what a perfect opportunity. Uh, so yeah, it's a good book. Go read it. Now I'm thinking of that, um, that like, giving a blowjob over the sounds of the dying it's not quite that bad (laughs) that's akatar by the way yeah uh specifically akawa akawa right completely different change of direction of course i read 19 claws and a blackbird which is by augustina bazterica which is the author of tender is the flesh okay so this is a short story collection Nine, is it 19 short stories or is, do I just have 19 in my head because it's called 19 Claws? I cannot remember. 
far. Yeah. Um, yeah, so horror, fantasy, sci-fi short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Augustina really, uh, really seems to... I've only read two books from her. Yeah. Um, but she really seems to want to delve into what makes humans and what makes us a disgusting mess basically okay um is this body horror again like body horror some of it yeah okay so obviously i don't want to go into the too much of them oh it is 19 stories yeah don't go into too much of them but there's like um a kind of dark comedy tone to a lot of them as well so there's one called roberto which is about um a schoolgirl who says that she has a rabbit growing between her legs um, and uh, she tells her classmate in confidence and then her classmate tells a male teacher and he's like mm-hmm. oh when you get old enough you get a rabbit growing between your legs and da, mm. da, da. Um, and mm. then he like takes her to the school toilets to check out the rabbit and I think he thought she was talking about pubic hair but she mm. was not so it's like that kind of thing okay um there's one of um a person i think it's the first story a person who's on their um on their balcony on like a block of flats uh and their neighbor from some flats Mm. above like jumps to their like commits suicide and uh lands on her and lands on her balcony and she takes it as like a personal insult because she's a dentist. She's like, I know they jumped on purpose because they needed dental care or something. Okay. So purposely jumped onto my balcony. Of course. Like, yeah, it's just really weird. And there's like things about like, oh, like there's a human, but are they an alien and stuff? Oh, it's, it's just really good. Okay. Dark, funny, good. Okay. Yeah, if you liked Tender as the Flesh... I would say definitely give this a try. If you didn't like Tender as the Flesh, I would say give this a try still anyway. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all i got to say. Okay. So I read, uh, listened to actually, The Spanish Love Deception, which is a big TikTok. I know so many people who passionately hate this book. I can see why. And they're angry with anyone who loves it. <laughs> Not I, that extent, but yeah. Uh, the beginning is slow as fuck. Mm. It is slow until we get into the point where we fucking get to Spain. The whole build-up is just... It just uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's it's so thing. long. I see people being like... For a book called Spanish Love Deception, I thought it'd be in Spain or something. Yeah, so it takes a really fucking long time for them to get to Spain. So oh, really? she's basically... Uh, she fled Spain because her she was dating her professor at university and it all goes terribly wrong because, of course, it would... And he gets out scot-free, whereas she gets made fun of, and there are Facebook groups made about her and all sorts of stuff. So she leaves and finishes, does her master's in the US and gets a job in the US. And then her sister is getting married to her ex's brother, and her ex is already engaged. So she blurts out on a phone call, I, well, I'm coming with my boyfriend, because I've got a long-term boyfriend. It's very serious. Oh, so she's Spanish, is she? Yeah. She's, she's European Spanish, yeah. Yeah. Which is another issue I'm going to come up with, come up, okay. bring up in a sec. So she's European Spanish, and so she says, "Yeah, I've got a boyfriend. I'm going to bring him." Um, and then her nemesis at work, Erin Blackford, because she says his full name all the time for some reason, overhears her talking to her best friend about this issue that she's lied about having a boyfriend, and now she's got to find a date. And he's like, "What'll well, be your date?" And she's like, "Shut the fuck up." It's a totally normal thing for people to do. Oh yeah, they're absolutely enemies. Yeah, they hate each other. They're enemies. And he's like, "I'll be your date," and she's like, "Shut the fuck up. You hate me. Like, you're not going to spend a weekend in Spain with my family. Like, shut up." It's a weekend in Spain, love. (laughs) And he's like, "Yeah, I will." And she's like, "No, you hate me." And he seems to be a bit puzzled by that. Oh, I wonder why. And so then he then goes about like trying to make amends and help her at work. And there's all these politics at work that are like gender politics, and like they're both they're all they're both team leaders and on equal footing. And the other team leaders are causing like some issues because they're um, misogynistic. That's the word I was looking for. And he like tries to help her and blah blah blah. Uh, 
and through this, like, spending time together, because he, he, he suddenly seems to have realised that she hates him. He's, like, trying to make amends. Mm. And then they eventually strike a deal. Shocker. She'll go on a date with him to some big charity event if he'll go and be her date at a wedding. Right. Which, four days in Spain, playing, paying for flights and everything, is the same as one night at a charity auction, apparently. Mm. And they go to Spain together, and she's like, you have to not only, like, pretend to be my date, but you have to be like, we're in love, and you're like, my boyfriend, boyfriend. And he's, wildly in love. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to struggle with that. And she's like, oh, he's such a good actor. He's oh. acting like he's obsessed with me and he loves me and it's all an act. And then, like, the, so it's lots of miscommunication mm. trope and it gets dragged out far too fucking long, in my opinion, because he is very direct about his feelings. How long is this book? Uh, I It was an audio. So, I mean, look at... Is it one of those ones that should have been a lot shorter? I don't know, because oh, Wi-Fi is currently not letting me look. One second. 474 pages? Yeah. So it was Contemporary a, romances should not be longer than 200. It was 14 and a half hours, listen. Fuck off, no, I would not do that. So yeah, I was very close to DNFing mm. at a certain point, and then they got to Spain and things started like getting better and warming up a bit. Obviously, they get together, yeah. obviously. Some of my issues with this is that the narration in the audiobook... She has a Latino Spanish accent. She has a Southern South American Spanish accent. Oh. Not a European Spanish accent. So they hired someone that did the wrong accent. Well, there's an American narrator and who does an American an American Spanish accent. That's silly. Not a European Spanish accent. And I think if you weren't European, you're not even gonna clock it. Mm. And then like all the accents of when she goes to her family, their Spanish accents are not our Span- uh, European Spanish accents. Yeah. And like you can say, well, I'm not the voice of authority in this because we're not in Spain. But I have literally worked with a girl from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, so I've, and I've been on holidays in Spain quite a lot. It's not European Spanish. Mm. It was Latino sounding. And that, well, I was like, this is wrong. Mm. So that was one of my gripes with the audio. It was. It's like it's. It's. I can. I can see why some people hate it. Mm. It's not the best one of these books that I've read. The romances. The ending was cute. You've been making your way through a few. Yeah, like when she got to the wedding and then they're at the wedding. Like lots of cute things happen and the spicy scenes were okay. What did you listen to it on script? Script. So yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not. um, The Emily Henrys and the Ali Higgs words are better. Listen to um, Not My Type. You know that one I listened to before? Mm. I, that was on Scribe. So okay, I'm, I'm just going to say that yeah. while you do your next book. Okay, so I listened to The Society of Soulless Girls by Laura Stephen, mm. which is the author of Every Exquisite Thing. That's just okay. Um, so this is a YA... Um, it's a... Who takes the the classic one, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde? All right, yeah, it's a retelling. Okay, <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mister Hyde. It's a sapphic. Oh, okay. Retelling, like contemporary retelling. It was really good. I thought I would love it, and I did. It okay. Was, it was as good as I thought. So, it follows. Um, it's based at a an elite college of the arts set in the north of England can't remember whereabouts like near Whitby kind of way mm. um, and um, it's in the northeast somewhere and four years ago there was no ten years ago sorry there was four students who died falling from a tower on the premises and it's called the North Tower Murders um, and it caused the elite school to close its doors it's just reopening and we follow mm. two students who are in the first lot of students to return. So we follow Lottie, who is um, like sunshine. Mm. Everyone wants to be her friend. Everything seems to go well for her. And she is there to, um, she wants to investigate what happened. Because one of the girls that died was from her town in Bury St Edmunds. Okay. Um, which is down the south. Uh, south of England. 
And it also follows her roommate, Alice, who is uh, the complete opposite. Like, gothic, no one wants to be her friend. She's grumpy with everyone. Grumpy sunshine. Mm. Um, and they both end up called into the the story of the North Tower murders okay. in different ways. Um, and it turns out to be more paranormal ritual over serial killer okay um and it causes alice to have no not alice it causes lottie to have like blackouts where she doesn't know who she is which is like obviously the jekyll and hyde kind of okay that's clever um so yeah the, it's like a thriller they're both trying to get to the bottom of it they don't realize the other one's trying to get to the bottom of it there's a cat which um, doesn't die. <laughs> it's like going to turn okay. a cat. <laughs> okay. uh, it was really fun, but there was loads of like, loads of really good conversations on feminine rage. Right. Misogyny, all of that good stuff. Okay. It was, it was great. You know those lists of female rage? Yeah. This would be on it. Okay. And it was just rage, but good. in a really good way. And I loved it. Yeah. I love that. Fantastic. Show really good so my next one mm-hmm. love theoretically by Ali have Hazelwood have you finished all of them now I looked she's got some more actually that I didn't oh. realise she had more than these stem ones mm. Um. so there is Checkmate oh yeah I've check, seen check some and people mate, reading that yeah. and Stuck With You mm. oh no that's one of the stem that's one of the stem ones yeah think checkmate's the only one i've got left then check and mate yeah check and mate oh bride that comes out next year oh that's a fantasy romance Ooh, i reckon she'd be quite good at that to be mm. fair it's got a wolf um, a dangerous alliance between a vampire bride and an alpha werewolf oh, i knew it was gonna be shit okay, i would read that yeah 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 i reckon that'd be good so this is a i mean they always have the same so this is a Theoretical physicist, physicist, <laughs> and a experimental physicist. Yeah, enemies to lovers type thing. Enemies quote marks. So she is. She's done her masters in theoretical physics. She's trying to get a job at MIT because at the moment she's doing a job as an adjunct professor. Just like they kind of teach all over. They teach like five or six courses across different unis, like basic physics stuff physics 101 kind of things Mm. she's doing that all over the place and it's not making her enough money so she also does this app called faux dating where she uh, is someone's fake girlfriend and they pay her to come to events or whatever to be a fake girlfriend there's no sexy time there's not even kissing or holding hands it's just like appearing like a good girlfriend and she's like very much a social chameleon Mm. and she's very good at it and there's one guy who's really nice, sweet guy who is ace, and so she is. She doesn't. They're not supposed to have regulars, but but he pays well, and he's nice enough. So she's gone to him a few times with him, uh, but his brother at those events is very suspicious of her and asks all sorts of pointed questions, and she makes the, um, a physicist joke by accident, and he clocks it, and she's like, oh shit, and he's just like very intense. Mm. She applies to be a professor at MIT. Guess who's on the hiring board? Oh, I wonder who it could be. Tis the same guy. The guy who noticed a physics joke. Yes. And he's also in a very senior position. Also, this same guy did a spoof paper in a physicist journal when he was like 17. He wrote a spoof paper that was got through the sort of review process and got published. And it was obviously written as a spoof paper. Mm. And it was basically done so the industry thought to show that theoretical physics is bullshit. Because I can write some bullshit nonsense paper and it will get through. So then even theoretical physicists don't really know what to talk about. That's how everyone took it. And it caused like a divide in the industry. Mm. And it was like a, it's the reason why her, all her jobs have been underfunded. And why she just finds it so hard to get a job after Masters. And also her mentor is the editor that let that paper through and his career was ruined. 
Okay. So this guy, who's also the suspicious they brother... They have so many backstories. Yeah. So the suspicious brother is also the person who wrote this paper that took down the What was his meaning behind the paper then? So you not... find out later that wasn't his intention. Okay. He has a personal vendetta with her mentor. Oh, okay. So the purpose was to show him up for a fraud. Okay. Which he did. He did not mean to cause like a rift in the industry. But so she like has basically several reasons to fucking hate this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh... You're cute. And he like, mm-hmm. but he doesn't deny what he did, but he yeah. at no point ever expresses his any opinions that show that he thinks the physics are bad. Mm-hmm. She makes lots of jokes along the way of like, well, you obviously think I'm a joke then because of like this. And, and he's like, never said that. Yeah. yeah like, and then he takes actions behind the scenes. Anyway, it's the classic miscommunication, Ali Hazelwood thing. She's going through this application process. The nemesis dude has a candidate for the same job who is an experimental physicist. So it's being pitted by, as to her, by someone in the department as like, it's theory, theory versus experimental, blah, 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 gender politics. Mm. But no, it was actually, it was all a farce. It was this faculty person who's put her through for the positions fighting her own agenda. Mm. The person that she was up against was like so much more qualified than her that she had never outshot. Oh, okay. So that's like the big... So it, it's not that it's... And it's it, this person's also his friend. It's like a whole fucking thing. So she's like, the whole world is against me. You're evil. Miscommunication. Series of circumstances throw them together. She's like, oh, he's funny and he's hot. But, like, he hates the physicist and he hurt my mentor. And then, obviously... Miscommunication. Miscommunication. It's cute. It's a, it, it is, it it's is what it is. Although, the only thing I will say... This one in the spicy scenes... There is a whole discussion of, like, where she's not particularly experienced, there's a whole discussion, like, how do you like it? And it's the, mm. in, a, in the context of a spicy scene, it's the male lead in the scene not just, like, doing stuff to her and she just instantly likes it. Mm. It's he, like, tries different things and he's like, how's that? Oh, and there's that, that, that kind of that inherent... In that You know that inherent awkwardness of that moment yeah. as well, but you are in the mood kind of thing? And he's like... He tries different things until he figures out what she likes and then he does that a bit more and he's like, more of that. And she's like, yes, please. A hundred percent, yes. And so that's what I... That's the only thing I did like about this one. It was this instantaneous, oh, the best sex of my life. It was like a bit of figuring it out. to learn each other. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. I like that. So yeah. It's cute. Does what it says on the tin. It's an Ali Hazelwood. It's an Ali Hazelwood. You know exactly what you're getting. I keep telling, explaining it to people. I was like, it's the equivalent of sticking your binge Netflix show on. Yeah. But in a book. Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. It's a nice little comfort good, read. Yeah. You know there's a happy ending. You know there's a you miscommunication. Know it's be a silly trope. Yeah. Yeah, like. <laughs> What's not to love? Yeah. Okay, I'm not actually going to talk about this one. Mm. Fourth Wing. We just did a whole episode on it. Yeah, go last week if you haven't heard it yet. We've done a whole episode on it. So then I'll skip to my next one, which is going to be my last one because I'm just going to lump them together. Um, I'm getting up to date on Skullduggery Pleasant. Yep. So I've done number 12, which was Bedlam. Yep. Number 13, which is Seasons of War. I'm currently doing number 14, which is Dead or Alive. Yes. And I read the graphic novel, which comes out next week, and we're going to mm-hmm. go meet Derek Lundy in a couple of days when we're recording this. So we get it, the UK get it early mm-hmm. in time for the signing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bad magic. So I can't really talk too much about Skullduggery, because, you know, we're at number oh, yeah. 12 and 13 in the series, and I accidentally spoiled myself or something last night, mm. and I'm really upset about it. I was so careful so when well. I was telling you yeah. about things as and well. And I've done so well to yeah. avoid it. Uh, um, we follow... I mean, we've done episodes talking about Skullduggery so much. Yeah, because it was my hyper-focus for quite a while. <laughs> we follow... Um, the series follows two um, detectives, their partners... So there's Skullduggery Pleasant, who is a walking, talking skeleton, and Valkyrie Kane, who at the start of the series is a 12-year-old mortal, or so she mm. believes. And um, by this point, she's 27 years old. She has a lot of power. She's been for a fuckload of stuff. She's saved the world more times than we can Derek count. Derek is not very kind to his main characters. No. So she has been through the mill. She's been through hell. She's dealing with it all. She's got super trauma from it all. So when we, when I 
came into this and they're dealing with uh like alternative worlds yeah um they're dealing with the fallout from some a, a big thing that happened in that some mortals escaped another world to come to ours mm. for sanctuary and they have to go back to that world to try and like fix some stuff yeah um, I forgot about all this. It's all parallel, so some big bads mm. they dealt with in our world are not dealt with in other parallel universes. At the same time, there's like so many different um kind of religious sects that all have their own agendas and are doing stuff behind the scenes. The difference in this world is like the, the gods are real. Mm, yeah and people keep fucking about with gods and then whatever really surprised when it doesn't go well <laughs> yeah. um my favorite part of this kind of stuff um of like the book sorry i'm just putting my t-shirt on my favorite she had a vest off on no she wasn't been sat here yeah, naked by the way just for context there, like flashing about my favorite part of where i'm currently at in the book storyline is um valkyrie's relationship she's in a yeah. healthy relationship yeah. what's her name Mar- maritza is that right no oh i'm not sure it's been ages since like... yeah um she's in a at the moment healthy relationship and she has a dog I love her dog. That's all I, I also love how much Skullduggery hates the dog. Oh, when he came and to the door and he's like, is Zelda around? She's like, why? You don't want her to touch you? And he's like, no. And she's like, come on, Zelda. <laughs> she comes and jumps on him. <laughs> and yeah. we also have, I don't want, obviously, I've been very cautious of any kind of spoilers, but um, Valkyrie's also dealing with a awful thing that happened to her little sister. And mm. she is dealing with a lot of that. Um, so she's just got a lot of going on, really, as usual. The decision she made to save the day has hurt her sister, and they didn't find out till years later. There's like knock-on consequences yeah. to decisions that were made to save the world, and she had to make some pretty rough decisions. She's had to do so much. Rough. She's been through a lot, poor yeah. Valkyrie. And the graphic novel, the first graphic novel, I'm hoping it's going to be a series. Yeah. He hasn't actually said either way, but I'm assuming... And also he's announced that um, there's going to be another phase of Skullduggery. Yeah. And one of the things you so tagged me in. the first book comes out in April or March, and it's going to be called A Mind Full of Murder, and it's going to be a trilogy. Woo! The cover looks brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah. I just thought, what else can you do to these poor characters? <sighs> yeah. So the graphic novel was really fun. It was very well drawn. Like the mm. uh, artists that they had involved in it uh, really brought the characters to life and he captured their little banter and sass yeah. so well. And there's like one bit where they're having a fight with some baddies, yeah. which is what they do. And um, someone punches Valkyrie and she's like, we're in the middle of banter. <laughs> it's just, they just capture it. So I just like stuff. Like there's a bit where like Valkyrie gets punched through a wall in one of the books and she's like, now we're being punched through walls, are we? She's like, this was fun five years ago. Yeah. I'm bored of this now. Why do you always punch me through a wall? Like, why do baddies always do this? Or like, well, if the baddie like tries to do something, it goes wrong. They just take the piss out of them. Yeah. And it's so funny. <laughs> So, yeah, and this could work as a one-shot. I hope mm. it's going to be a series. It was really good, and the team they had working on it were fantastic. So, so on a related yeah. note, my last book in my yeah. update is Hell Breaks Loose, which is a Skullduggery prequel-style book. It's very short. It was 320 pages. So this is Skullduggery's life, 300 years before he meets Valkyrie when he's part of the dead men which is like a group of soldiers that were called the dead men because they'd go and do like impossible shit that would anyone else would die and they were like not afraid of death and they also had the walking skeleton but it's only eight years after he has watched his wife and child be killed in front of him was tortured to death himself and then resurrected as a skeleton um yeah and it's so it's only eight years after that so he's still a little bit fucked up Mm. um and a little bit angry and they're fighting in the war. And it's just kind of about like an incident in the war that goes a bit wrong. And Valkyrie comes back from the future 
So this is set after book 15, I think. Mm-hmm. Valkyrie pops back from the future to to try and fix something where someone's come back in... Uh, someone in the present has said, well, I'm going to go back into the past and fuck the shit up. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to stop you fucking shit up. But then it causes like a weird parallel timeline and and all this kind of stuff. And so she goes and meets all the dead men knowing everything she knows. Also, the people in the dead men, the certain people in the dead men that betray them, and I can't remember if that's where you're at, so I can't tell you who. But someone very important to the dead men betrays them all. And she has to go back in time and pretend everything's cool. And they're like, why do you keep looking at me like that? And she's like, no reason. And he's like, have I done something to offend you in the future? And she's like, yes, you very much have. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, she tries to do her, like, banter with Skullduggery. Oh, but they don't... That's a different skullduggery. But he just, like, confusedly does the banter with her. Uh, And he's like, are we, like, good friends in the future? And she's like, yes. We're, like, best mates. We're, like, besties. (laughs) And he's like, "Mm, I barely like the people that I know now. And she's like, "Mm, we're besties, though. Trust me. (laughs) And then, because this this creates, like, this parallel timeline that gets deleted, that's when none of the dead men remember her in in the future. But it's just this cute little thing. Mm. And it's all done mostly from Ghastly's point of view. R.I.P. <laughs> um, if you're mad about that spoiler, that that book came out like 15 fucking years ago, so sorry. <laughs> I would have been mad like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's everything we've read recently. Brilliant. Right. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok, please. There'll be a link in our bio everywhere. Please come drop some questions. We are thinking of doing a Q&A for our 100th episode. Yep. And if you want to talk about what books you've been reading, come and join our Facebook group, which is Lazy Book Lovers Podcast. Yes. And please rate us wherever you listen to this podcast. It helps us a lot. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.